the Iron Man one was because of the suit. The suit is very hard to fighting, doing a lot of the takes with the helmet on. But the, that fight to me is a fight I'll always remember because I, I was crying. I was crying when I was performing it in some instances. <laughs> What's up, guys? Today's guest is a second unit director, action designer, and stunt coordinator. Please welcome back to the Jamcast, Mr. James Young. What's up, yo? What is up, dog? <laughs> How's it going, man? Yo, it's been a while. you know what is crazy, bro? Oh. The last time you were on here was February 2019. Oh, the old Almost world. Almost three years. The old world. Dude, the, no yeah, before COVID, before the tattoos as well. Oh, yeah. yeah speaking it. Look yeah, at this. It's been a while, sleep. man. Been a, been a minute. Crazy. Three years, dog. So much has happened in three years, not only in the world, but also in our own personal yeah, lives. Yeah, man. A lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of fun, a lot of growth, a lot of traveling, too. Yeah, it's been good. A lot of things added to the resume and a lot of things added to the highlight reels. Hopefully, man. Hopefully. It's been, yeah, it's been, it's been a trippy last few, few years, especially with how quick everything was going before COVID. Yeah. And then COVID just kind of deflating that bubble and then trying to make movies during COVID. Yes. It's been absolutely just bananas the last few years, I think, for everyone. Every, in, every industry and every person. It's been nuts. Yeah, the craziest thing is uh, just last week we had our jam fighting workshops, and you and Guy got to stop in on the last yeah. day because you had a rehearsal. And I introduced James, like, out of respect, like we do for all the teachers. I turn around at the end of class, and James has a circle of, like, 20 people around him. And I'm like, what am I doing? Let me just bring this guy yeah. back on the goddamn jam cast so we can just tell the stories to everybody. You know what I'm saying? Smart man, baby. Smart yeah. man. Yeah, it's, it's good to come back, man. I've, I love this place. I'm, this is home. This is a second home to me. I mean, I trained here for so long. Met a lot of friends here, a lot of colleagues here, a lot of like lifelong friends as well, like like yourself, man. So it's it's this place to me, it's a community that is growing and it's so positive. So it's great to come back and see the growth and see so many good people coming in and trying to expand their their talent set and their skill set in action. It's really, really great, man. Well done. I, I mean, I'll, I'll never forget just back to like almost 10 years ago where it was me and you upstairs on the second floor painting the walls white. <laughs> painting the yeah. walls white, talking about like, God damn, I can't wait for our careers to take I off. Oh, man. It's, it's insane. It's insane. Oh. It's, it's, it's incredible. But I think like for both of us, the, the hard work and just to keep stepping forward, man. It's been great to see the growth of yourself and not just your career but again you built a community dude you've built yeah, you've yeah. built something that is sacred and that's something that it's it, it spreads around to everyone man. and it's such a beautiful thing it's just amazing to be a part of it we're, we're so thankful man and like i tell people we wouldn't be anything without people like yourself walking through the door the patrons that come through every day and come and train at open gym and um i know you and i've been talking about it we hope to expand this community a little Absolutely. bit further in the near future so yes, stay do. tuned everyone stay yeah. tuned <laughs> yeah, oh man so with that being said man anyone that hasn't watched your last jam cast don't be an idiot go on over there and watch oh, it it's three years old but still full of gems and knowledge but uh, let's just give like a basic rundown before we get into sp yeah. some specific projects. I always call you Mr. Marvel. What shows have you action designed on since, let's say, Captain America Winter Soldier? Um, so since Winter Soldier, I did the additional photography for Guardians, which included a lot of the finale, the, the Star-Lord hallway fight and parts of the, uh, the Nebula Gamora fight. So that was, a, that was a fun job for six weeks here in LA. That was fun. From after that, they sent me to England to do the last three months of Avengers Age of Ultron, which is a lot of the Natasha stuff in the finale. Uh, shot that in London. And then from there, man, it was Atlanta. We, we ended up moving essentially everything to Pinewood for a long yeah. while. And so it was from there, it was uh, Captain America Civil War, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, 
Um, then it was after that the Avengers run, which was nearly three years long. That was Avengers: <sighs> Infinity Wars and Endgame yeah. that we prepped and we did both movies back to back. Actually, we shot them uh, in synchro, so we shot them. Some days you didn't know honestly what set, what movie yeah, it was. You, you yeah. could be working Infinity Wars one week, and then you're doing parts of some battle in Endgame the next week. So it was absolutely in- incredible to be a part of that because of a production level to see what goes into a machine. In these movies, but yeah. then to step on that Avengers, that was insane for a production to be able to organize, as you know, like mm-hmm. insane 47 something principal actors. Yeah. It, I, don't, I don't understand how the producers <laughs> do it. It was insane. It was insane. Yeah, that is so, so crazy. I mean, I, I've been a part of movies like Fast, Fast and Furious, which have yeah. a, a huge cast, but <laughs> Avengers, we're talking about multiple A-list stars and celebrities and personalities and things you have to manage and deal with as well as schedules, which is probably why you had to do that shooting out of order, right? Just based Absolutely. on it's, actor availability. I think that's what it was. It was always about actor availability and case in point, like when you got to the end game battle, right? Yeah. When you're designing those battles and when you're a part of those battles, of course, you're not going to follow every character. You're trying to give every character their moments, mm-hmm. right? But then you have characters fighting in the background. You have substance fights that are built around it. So there were days where we, we prepped fights for, for weeks of like random sets of choreo with random sets of hero. Hey, okay, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, and uh, Nebula, go. And you, have, you throw them in a pocket of Sakarans and uh, Chitari, and you just build fights. We built so many pod fights because we didn't know who was there on the day. It would literally be, we'd know the day before, or maybe a few days before, hey, so around Chris and uh, Chris, Hemsworth and, uh, Hemsworth and Evans, you're going to have, you know, Palm is going to be there. This is gonna, so yeah. we'd have to build it a few days in advance and sometimes, you know, create, try and create as much as we can ahead of time. Sometimes it's literally day off. Like, okay, we know the principal action, like front and center, but what's going on in the background? So it's, it was a lot, of, a lot of quick design, as well as doing that battle on four different stages as well. Pretty crazy. I mean, so I just got to ask. There's so many questions. I'm sure people would be killing me if I didn't ask. So I'm going to try to knock them off one by one. Uh, So, I mean, just in general, obviously, from all the ones that you just named, was there one that was the most challenging and one that was the most rewarding? Oh, man. From Avengers? From all the Marvel MCU, I guess, that you've worked on. Oh, man. Uh, Okay, I'll go from a performance standpoint. Most challenging? The two for me would be the street fight in Winter Soldier and then the Iron Man fight in Civil War. Mainly because the Street Fighter and Winter Soldier, I separated my shoulder and destroyed a lot of my arm about three days before the fight. And my MRI showed me that I had torn my bicep, torn my pec, really hurt my arm to a hard level. But I managed to, you know, KY, K-tape yeah. um, and KY jelly for that arm. You just get through it, man. And I, I luckily got through it uh, with the aid of the great team. So that was a hard one on a physical level. Um, but proud to get through that one yeah. I, I actually passed out after that fight i was at dinner the team took me out to dinner after because it was my cherry pop it was the first big sequence i'd ever done i designed it and i performed it and so i was exhausted after six days and yes. I get back to the hotel and i'm the last one there because i got the wig on so i have to take the wig off and i get there and the team drag me Aaron tony <laughs> <laughs> get your ass to come and have a drink celebrate i love those guys and I had a drink with them. We went out to go eat and I ordered a hamburger and I passed out in my food. The next thing I remember was I woke up in my hotel room and I slept for two days. My my body was destroyed after that fight. It was so much. It was so much. But it was phenomenal, man. It was phenomenal. That was such a great one. And then the Iron Man one was because of the suit. The suit is very hard to fight in, doing a lot of the takes with the helmet on. But that fight to me is a fight I'll always remember because I, I was crying I was crying when I was performing it in some instances. The first time I 
did that fight was uh, it was actually the second day of performing as Iron Man. I come in to do the whole entrance of that sequence to do the acting scene with Chris and so and Seb and as a proxy, and then doing some of the fight pre bottom of the silo. Yes, when we got into the silo. Um, we changed, I think, uh, through production and decision, we changed the location in the fight in the silo, so we had to rebuild the choreography that we had already set. So Sam Hargrave, uh, myself, Greg Romenta, Jackson Spidell get together, in 20 minutes we redesigned that piece to be what it was in the movie. Um, it was the piggy in the middle, I called it. It was me yeah. in the middle fighting both Jackson and Greg. So prepping that, okay, feels good, but then I, was just, I just wasn't ready to put on the suit. And I remember Ricky... Big shout out to Ricky, my, uh, the costumer at Marvel, uh, cosplay artist, phenomenal. She was always taking care of my costume and helping me get in and out nonstop. And I remember it was like they just fixed their helmet and they, they got all the lights in and everything and putting on that suit and having it light up. And then I remember having Seb and Chris come in. We learned the choreo, playing close, and then they yeah. went and get changed. And you put on that helmet and not only if you're looking from inside out that helmet, it's so iconic with the rectangular eyes. Yeah, you just know 100%. what you're looking at. And I remember just taking a deep breath because I thought I fought Chris before a lot. Yeah. From being totally. lucky. Yeah. Being Seb I trained, but I've never fought Seb other than in practice. So I just remember looking up and Ricky hits the button, my eyes light up. And in my left eye is Sebastian, in my right eye is Chris Evans. And I just I just I was doing that first part of that fire, just trying not to cry. Yeah. Man. Cry right now. So <laughs> crazy, man. No. So those two as a performer were like, holy Shit, like yeah. that was insane. Um, design wise, two instances because I think you can separate a lot of the Marvel movies in action design into two different categories. There's very grounded and there's very kind of ethereal, right? Yes, 100%. Avengers is more ethereal. You're yeah. dealing with bigger level threats, you're dealing with more VFX. Yeah, and yeah. we work hand in hand with our VFX team yeah. to design and create. So I think you can always split it up into like you got your Captain America, Winter Soldier, Civil War, you got Black Widow, and even Shang Chi. Yeah, those are your ground. I think more grounded, more yeah, based yeah, yeah. kind of. There's martial arts to that. The Avengers is always a challenge, but it's a fun challenge because you have to open your imagination. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're given an Iron Man suit that has nanobots that can create anything, it becomes less of an a comic book fight and more of an anime ninja fight. Yeah, you totally, know what I mean? Like totally. you can summon drones that can do this. So it's fun for the Avengers because you really have to think outside the box. And that's really fun. When it's more grounded, like Winter Soldier, it's not like the stakes are not bigger, but I think with the action design, when you're dealing with that, it's again, it's more just grounded, more to the ground, more it's more bond, it's more more physical, I yeah, guess. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. I think with that in mind, like the the, the, the stairway fight in Civil War is always great. That was a fun one to design with Sam um, and the team. It was gr- super fun to perform. Uh, Greg Romenta did the whole second half of it, so I got to be behind camera. That is so good. So yeah, that was a fun one, but I think, honestly, the Black Widow um, bridge fight. Okay, I'm very proud of that because when that came about, it was, oh, great, fighting on another bloody bridge just like Winter Soldier. Yeah. So it was a question of just getting this fight and um, reading it from the scripts, you know, knowing the story points of, you know, Taskmaster has to get the vial and Natasha has to get away. So that was one of the funnest fights I've ever had to build because of the story. Um, The fight itself was just they fight on the bridge and uh, he gets the vial, she gets kicked into the river. That was so much fun to design from that. It was an absolute pleasure to work with... uh, 
the team I had there, I mean, Rob Inch was our coordinator. I had Florian Robin, who was a co-coordinator, who's my partner in crime on that one. Shout out to Florian. Phenomenal coordinator. And then my action team, David Shatarsky, uh, Darren Knopp, Callie yes. Nell, Andy Lister, Troy, the badass Bulgarian. These guys were phenomenal. They're part of, um, a lot of these guys are part of um, uh, Brad Allen's action team. Oh, wow. Okay. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. So, Having that at my disposal was in great. So d- designing that fight, and I'm actually in a few days, I was going to put up the story notes. I have my, my whiteboard. If you know me and you work with me, yeah, yeah, I have yeah. whiteboards everywhere, and I like to write. I write all my story design, action design, all on whiteboards for the team to build from. So I was going to post them up from Black Widow. Nice. And to work that fight and the levels of that fight from being just on a script form, just being on a bridge, but then you're asking yourself, how do we tell more about these characters? And you had this character taskmaster, who's every Avenger in one. I mean, yeah, yeah, to yeah. be able to design, and the cool thing was all the Spider-Man stuff, that wasn't, none of that stuff was in the script. Mm, all okay. was in the script is like, we know he can change characters. It was up to us to, you know, yeah. play with it. Yeah, yeah. So in the original Viz, like in that fight, you're seeing Cat- Captain America, you're seeing Black Panther a little part of. Yeah. Funny enough, the extended previous we have had him, uh, or sorry, her, Taskmaster, with Panther Claws on ice oh, fighting. Wow. We actually had like another minute sequence of that where... Natasha got blasted back and then he, uh, Taskmaster runs, it comes out with Panther Claws and he's nice. fighting her on the ice. Um, had to cut some of it, so. Of course. But that fight again, because you have a character that embodies everything of the Avengers. Cool, the audience might know that and they're seeing that, but Natasha doesn't. And that's why the fight is so much fun is because you've got to play it from Natasha's point of view. Yeah, yeah. And in that fight, I love that fight because Natasha doesn't lose. She figures out this isn't something up. She figures out what's going on. She figures out almost the styles. She figures out what they're after and she steals what they're after and gets away. I mean, and she does it while getting beaten up. Yes. I think the story yes. levels in that fight is really fun. And my favorite moment of the fight was actually after the kip up. Once they do the double kip up because he's replicating her moves mm-hmm. and they kip up and they face each other. And I love it. Just having Taskmaster walk away. And Scarlet on the day delivering the line of you're not here for me, it turns the whole fight into something more. Totally. And that's why it was just fun to work with that fight and, and the team put together it, oh, so, such great, great wire work for that sequence. That wire work also came about from, uh, from Rob Inch's team. Rob Inch's team did uh, Wonder Woman. Yes. And when I was building that bridge fight, I was wanting to make it more special and I didn't want it to have it just be grounded. I wanted to be in the rafters and I was figuring how to do that. And then the idea of Spider-Man came up. So I went to Rob and I was like, Rob, you know, you guys have winches. What kind of winch work can you guys do? And he just smiled at me and he showed me all the visits from Wonder Woman. <laughs> and my mind just went, <laughs> like they did some incredible work on Wonder Woman. Totally. And so Daryl, the head rigger and his rigging team, I asked him, could you do this for me? I want him to come swinging. And they managed to pull it off, not only on the sound stage, but on a very tricky set. That yeah. set was actually built on a stage, uh, some of the biggest sound stages in the world in Cardingham. They used to build World War II blimps on these stages. Wow. Well, Marvel built the actual bridge in there. And no they way. Actually, I think Chris Nolan shot, go- uh, shot all of his Gotham in there. Like they, they, These stages are so big, they have atmosphere at the top. Yeah. There's birds and there's fog. Yeah, there's bananas, yeah. right? So shooting, uh, shooting there having all the bridge struts and then Daryl and the team having to rig the lines with rollers to not get in the way of lighting. It was an incredible, incredible job by, by everyone to do a difficult sequence. So yeah. it was a big shout out. So that one to me is very special because I think the story lays in it. And I love Natasha just being on the defensive and just, I just, again, it has that vibe of Winter Soldier because she gets the 
absolute piss beat out of her. And that's the hero. And that and that's one of the things that I like the most in seeing movies. I don't like when someone's just in God mode the whole time, destroying anyone. Because anyone can design action in God mode and just take out dummies. But Man. to me, I mean, that's the reason Absolutely. why I used to love Jackie fights. You bring it out of my mouth, my friend. Come on, bro. You go from the Shaw Brothers style where Jackie started, and oh, wish wish Manny Manzanares was here. Yeah, nice, Manny. Shout out to Manny. Just talking to him the other day. Um, I. When Jackie came along, the one fight that did it for me that really went, oh, shit. Because I'd, I'd grown up watching all my brother's videotapes, like the old VHS yes. in England, right? So I'd seen everything, Bruce, everything Jet Li, yeah, yeah. Chuck Norris, freaking Steven Seagal, John Claude Van Damme. I had it all, right? Jackie came along, and I'll never forget, Armour of God. In, yes. England, in England, it was called Armour of God. I think out here, it was Operation Condor 2. Uh, Operation Condor, Just yeah. weird, because yeah. it was yeah, in front yeah. of the other one, whatever. <laughs> And I remember watching Jackie and specifically the, the monk fight. The monk fight oh, in the dining room. Oh, wow. If you okay. watch that, Jackie gets his ass handed to him. And it's nonstop. And I remember that hit me when I was younger. I was like, holy shit. And, he, and to have, again, it's the emotional journey of a hero. It's ups and downs. You yes. know, some of the, a lot of the 90s movies, it's just like this. You know, it's 100%. always that. But when you got this going on... That's how you can build a story. And what Jackie would do is build all these stories in his fights. And I think I went back over, over Christmas. I actually had some time off. And I went back and I went on a big 1990s cinema kick again. Mm. And I went back and watched a lot of Jackie, a lot of Bruce. The one thing with Jackie as well, that everyone, if you're getting into action, you're in stunts. The one thing you got to look at with Jackie and all these guys is not just watch Jackie. you got to watch his guy. Yes. The amount of acting and stunt acting and timing control that his team have make Jackie look phenomenal. It's and it's all that timing. team effort and it's phenomenal. Like go back and watch like one of the best bar fights ever is Project A. Yeah, yeah. Project A has so much comedy in it in that 100%. bar fight. But my God, you watch every little aspect of that fight and it's brilliant. Not just from choreography, but from filming techniques, yeah, using the yeah. use of twenty three frames and the way Jackie choreographs. Like it's it's phenomenal. So Jackie put it I think in everyone's head that the hero needs to get beaten up before they can get heroic. And they yes. know where that comes from? Silent films, man. Yeah, Which yeah. All the Charlie Chaplin, Buster Keaton, um, Harold Grant, uh, God, I can't remember the uh, Jesus, Harold Lloyd? Harold Lloyd, yeah. Mm -hmm. You watch all that. It's all of them getting their asses handed yes. to them. They come out at the end. People forget that. 100%. 1990s, it was like, yeah, woo! <laughs> like, 100%, go, right? yes, yes. So it's cool to see, like, again, with Jackie, and I think it was Armour of God that did it for me. Wow. Uh, and funny enough, in Black Widow, the end fight, with all the widows, yeah, I was always trying to look back at the uh, Armor of God finale fight where Jackie fights mm. the five Amazonian women. Hundred percent, brilliant. So we're trying to kind of give that flavor of just an ongoing mass of yes people coming at you. So it's do always those guys, man. Hundred percent. What they do. That's what I tell people all the time is that like at the root of it, we're not necessarily uh, creating anything new. We're just kind of reinventing the wheel, rearranging things a certain way, utilizing aspects and techniques that have been done before. Yes. Um, so if you don't know your history, you're going to think that you're a genius Same. and you're going to pat yourself on the back thinking you came up with something, but Same. it's most likely been done before. You see it a lot now. Like I think I know early on in my career and still now, like being handheld, we're just talking about this. Yeah, handheld with cameras is easy, right? To be so able to easy. grab that camera, be where you want. Great. Get on a, a lot of movie sets, you don't have that aspect. Nope. Your camera weighs 60, 70 pounds. You've got a steady camera, it's not going to move like that. So I think in terms of like handheld can hide things, being more cinematic is more challenging, which is yes. cool. But I think what you're saying there is interesting is, again, it's that story of the fight. It's that trying to craft action that everything's been done before. Everything's been done before. Yes. But again, what's not been done before is, again, 
individual character development for yes. your story. Yes. That character needs to develop. And I always go back to like, I call it the, the Super Saiyan like theory or the Super Saiyan moment. Everyone in anime knows Goku in the Super Saiyan. Of course. It's not a fight move. Yeah, it's you're right, you're right. It's a moment. fucking things in yeah, history. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a character change. It's yeah. a turn. It's an ev evolution. That's what we love, right? Whenever you're watching a fight, it's rare, especially for me, to go, those seven fight beats, oh, they're so good. Yeah, they should be good. But to me, it's how did you evolve the character, the story through your fights? Mm -hmm. That is really what it becomes. And that's where I think you can emotionally affect people. That's where I think is the challenge. And I think that's where I think the heart of action really lies is yes. you can still emotionally affect people. I mean, go back and watch 90s because again, in the 90s, choreography wasn't extravagant. It never was. It was used as a tool to get you to the next story moment. Yep. And it still be, should be used like this. But now choreography's evolved into being such beautiful different art forms, right? But still your goal should be the same. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Sword fighting, right? You can go through all the Star Wars movies, a really elaborate choreography. But to me, one of the best sword fights ever will be Rob Roy. Oh, wow. Kids, write, write it down. Watch, watch Rob Roy, Liam Neeson and Tim Roth do a fight scene at the end of it. It's a claymore, a broadsword versus a fencing saber. And it's brilliantly designed mm -hmm. and it's phenomenally performed. And the story of it. I don't remember much of the choreography, but God damn, do I remember the epic moments of why he wins the fight. It makes sense for the story. It makes sense for the combat. Mm -hmm. Same with, um, if you're talking weapons, okay, one of my favorites, Troy. Mm, wow. Buster. Genius, man. Buster and Dave Leach, what yeah. they did for Troy. Now, if you yeah. go back and watch that fight for Troy, there's performance things that I'm really a big fan of in that fight. Not only is it shot just impeccably well. Yeah, it's just yeah. shot cinematically, beautiful, right? Performance is on point. <clears throat> Difference in performance, in character, was huge in that fight. And not a lot of people catch it, right? If you watch that fight, you got to look at your two characters. You got Achilles and um, I can't remember, Hector. Yeah, Hector yeah, for yeah. Eric Banner. Hector is the you know the head warrior. He's coming out. He's more nervous, and you can see it in the body language, and you can see it in the way he's fighting. He's a little bit more wild, a little bit more crazy with his swings. I absolutely love what Brad does in that fight. Mm. If you watch it, he's doing a cutter. Mm -hmm. He is stationary. Eric is bouncing around. He is stationary and he is moving and hitting those marks. And it just tells you that he's there for business. Yeah. And then the fight, as it evolves, gets a little bit more disrespectful. Like, I know, the breaking of the, the spear. And then when Eric comes in with a nice combo, Brad defends it and even slaps the blade out of the way. Yeah. And starts going, he's playing with him. So the fights like that, that to me is a cool-ass fight. Because yeah, there's a yeah. great story going on. And it ends with the extreme disrespect of him, you know, you killed my cousin, so I'm going to take your son and drag him. That's a story to me. Again, yeah. you know, Gladiator, the end fight. Yes, bro, yes. That end fight, I think it's one of the first times I actually cried in a the movie theater. Yes, I was 16 yeah, yeah. years old. I cried in that movie too, dog. watching that finale. I couldn't believe it. So to me, again, it's like choreography is the best tool, but it's to get from moment to moment, from story moment to story moment. And the less time you can get there, the better usually, because then you're thinking about every move being more impactful. Right? If you're talking action design, if you're doing it from a script, character A viciously attacks character B. Mm -hmm. Is that character A going jab, cross, uppercut, cross, hook, hook, hook? No. Yep. There's something else with that word vicious. So, again, feeling, emotion, moments, story, that's what action is. Choreography is what's going to 
is the, is the flower that kind of is in that yeah. ingredient. I, I get sent a lot of uh, <clears throat> indie fights from people all all the time, yeah. and, and this is no disrespect meant by any means because they're they're amazing from a choreograph standpoint, and it's very crazy action, bang 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 bang, but. Yeah the same time every single time i watch it i don't feel anything and that's the thing that i i have to tell a lot of the new kids is i'm like guys show me show me your favorite 10 beats from that fight yeah and most times you can't, you can't do it but yeah. i'm like what was your favorite moment and if there's no moment that to me there's nothing that was even done in that fight to prove yeah. anything if it no one will remember the 10 favorite moves from a fight scene back true. to back to back to back it's but true. you'll remember story points story driven moments mm -hmm. character development reasons why you feel for mm -hmm. that character and you know what you add on the tail end of that wow factor yes that's the last part of the puzzle right if, the, if your moment is right there does the moment evolve the character cool does it evolve the story great does it have that wow factor mm -hmm. if you hit those three things that's a pretty fucking powerful moment yeah. right so it's a quest to find that in the ongoing game of the puzzle of making the movie. Because remember, yeah. it's not just you making that movie. There's a it's number one rule of action design. It is not your movie. Yes. It's the number one where you've got to always remember that. He who has the power and the money run off the game, right? Yes, so who I have a, a good amount of say for action design in Marvel, but the director's going to lead it. The director's always going to lead it. And my job at the end of the day is to make sure the director and the studio are having fun, kicking ass, loving what we're doing and everyone's safe. Yeah. So I think it just comes down to that is remember, like I like to say this and a few people have heard me say this is like movies have an ego. When you work on a movie, there's a, every movie you've worked on has a feeling. Don't you mm -hmm. remember? Like mm -hmm. there's a weird feeling to it, right? The more you get involved in a movie, the more you read the script, to get involved with characters, you're looking at the art designs and whatnot. I think in my eyes, like crafting action design, this is where I'm going to get very kind of artsy-fartsy here, sorry. Oh, good. It's like sculpting, right? A sculptor will look at a block of stone. Does he see a block of stone? No, yeah. you see the piece. You just got to craft it out of that piece. So action design is like sculpting a puzzle. You, you see what you want to attain, there's a shape, but now you've got to work with all the other departments, the director, yes. the producers, the art department, the wardrobe, the props, the everyone. You've got to work with the lighting, the camera to attain that vision. So it's, that's the fun part of the game with action design is that it's, it's, you may have this grand, grand idea, but overall, it's got to be organic to have all these other voices and other departments because here's the thing, I can design something, but someone in art department can come up with something really freaking cool on a yeah. set that I'd want to use, but... Yeah. But that's the thing, it's going to speak to you, I think. So uh, when I say, like, when you design action, your ego shouldn't be in the movie. Yes. When you design it. The movie should, will tell you what it needs. And I think, that, I think I don't know why, it just, that just makes sense to me. Because yeah, yeah. I think when people start to force things, you can feel it. You can feel it. All the time. So, you know, All especially when you're, like, you know, you're down here designing fights with everyone. You can always feel it when someone's trying to force an idea or force a move. Yeah. Is that move good for you or is that good for the character and story? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you should be serving the movie. Yeah. Number one, it's not your movie. Yeah. Number two, serve the movie. A hundred percent. But yeah, again, you're only one voice. You're only one voice. So it's, it's the idea of being able to infect everyone <laughs> with your ideas. A lot of people get caught up with trying to showcase a move or a, a concept that they've had in their brain for so long and try to force it into a project. And I'm like, dude, sometimes you just got to say, hey, I'm going to save it for the next one. And I'll save it for the next one. 100%, brother. Danny, uh, big shout, Danny Hernandez was my co-coordinator on Avengers, was just designing. We designed our asses off with that team for years straight. It was insane. And what we would do is during design sessions, like – 
we would, you know, you turn in previses. We'd, ha- we'd, we'd, I think we did something like three terabytes of previses. Oh, <laughs> Jesus so, Christ. Yeah, Greg, Greg Romenta, poor guy, is <laughs> having to edit a lot of that. Jesus. Just stuff. Um, we did insane amounts of previses. And at the end of the day, it always comes down to, you might think that idea is brilliant and it could fit the movie and it could be brilliant, but the power says no. Yeah. Don't get hurt by it. What do you do? Put it in your pocket. Save it for the next one. You put it in the bank because that's going to come up again. Yep. And I, I think on three or four occasions, I can think in my head where I've had something I've designed prior on like Winter Soldier that has finally come back around yeah. on Endgame. And it just, you just keep it. I'm very lucky to work in a universe that's connected. Yeah. That's the other totally, thing. Is that totally. My job is made easier with, I don't have to design who Natasha is. I know who she is. Yes. I've read a lot of the comics with Cap and all these characters. That's easier character design. Like when Captain America walks into a room, I think 90% of people could put together a fun sequence of what he would do, right? Yeah. So it's the idea again of making it special and yeah, just working, working with the powers to see what they want and, Again, don't get married to something. Yes. Don't get married to something. Yeah. yeah. And the case in point, like that's the hard point with developing a character for Marvel opposed from here is a blank slate. Yeah, totally. Holy shit, that is hard. That is very, very hard. And big ups to anyone that has to do that. It's yeah. very difficult. 100%. And so like we've had tons of different guests on this jam cast, uh, most of which are friends of ours and in this very small circle of fight designers and fight choreographers and action designers. Um, and I always ask this question and you don't have to give away the sauce, so to speak, but I'm going to ask it. So for example, Chris Cowan, when he designs action, he likes to find a song first and then he likes to choreograph based on the song and the peaks and the valleys of the song. When you get a, uh, when you get a scene, how do you develop your action or your characters? Big up to Chris. Chris is one of my best friends. Last night. (laughs) What's up, dude? Big ups, Chris Cowan. Big ups, dude. (laughs) I love Chris. Um, I started my action design career with Chris. Thousand pounds when we were a part of it. Like one of the first things, like I used to design martial arts demos for Jeet Kune Do performances. I was a teacher for years. So once I got into stunts, one of the first things I action designed with someone was the Naruto short that we did Mm -hmm. with Chris. Chris's method is the way I do it. I find a song with peaks and valleys. Song is rhythm and music. That's the fire. That's the, the, that's the coals that stoke action design, man. I design everything based on music. Um, Captain America, Winter Soldier, once I talked to the directors and I felt the vibe, Henry Jackman was the composer. So what do I do? I go out and get all of Henry Jackman's catalogue and I listen to it and I listen to it. And then when I design, like, you know, if when uh, we did Civil War, Henry's doing the, I think, yeah, Henry did the music again. Mm-hmm. Well, I used the music from prior to give the feeling. So it's, again, totally. it's giving that feeling. So music is so important. It, dry, it drives everything. But saying that, um, you, you, when you design a previous, you should be able to show it with no sound. And I agree. Nothing on it and still have. People don't know this. I tell people this all the time. I need to be able to mute it and still be excited. Yes. That's the <laughs> tell. Because at the end of the day, what you're doing is you're making movies. And even that's uh, making a previous is making a mini movie. Yeah. You're, you're, you're smoking mirrors, baby. Yeah. But you're selling smoking mirrors to the guys that design smoking mirrors. Totally. Right? That's the hard part. So, yeah, I, I learned early on. When I first did Winter Soldier, they didn't want any music. Ooh. Zero music on all the previous, just sound effects. Wow. Yeah. 
Oh, then, actually, I remember this now. Yeah. I remember, yeah. So that was. I okay. do remember this now, yeah. Still, still badass. E- even on the cap one where it's <laughs> taking out all those guys. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, gink, 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 yeah. exactly. No music. I forgot. Trash can sounds yeah. and people hear no, stuff. No so music. There, there was none of that. So it wasn't until Civil War that they were like, yeah, we're, we're cool with that. But again, with the Russos, they're good with it too. Every time I show a previous, I, I always know I'm going to mute it. So it's, it's. Again, because. If I, okay, so take it this way. If I'm directing a movie and I've got an action design team, I've sat down, I've given them all my notes and I've told them to go design a sequence. They're going to bring it back to me. They could be using music that I don't like. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. they're trying to build, again, an essence, a theme, a style. Yeah. Yeah, So putting music on it that you think it can can get a bit fuzzy, but at the end of the day, the number one thing is talk to your director. The first thing I always do when we get a new director, I always ask. I ask two people big questions, the director and the DP. Mm-hmm. It's like, how would you like it shot? You know, and what are the styles? So I'll sit with the director for an hour, talk about the style, talk about character moments and you know, the evolution of characters, and then that would be my base to design. Then you talk to the DP. There's a lot of rules that different DPs have. Like yeah. When we do Winter Soldier in Civil War, Trent Oliplark, love Trent, one of my favorite deeps, he, uh, one of the rules back then with the Russos was no slow-mo, no Ooh. top shots, and no Oof. Dutch. Oh, wow. So I have to adhere to the rules. But that's the style that you're going for. Mm-hmm. With the Russos as well, they have rules like um, heroes always move from left to right. Oh, wow. Yeah, Because at the end of the day, you are, what you're doing when you're making a movie and when you're designing things is when you look at a page... It's not about the foreground always. You're trying to design people the way they think. You're directing people to the way they think and the way they can view your movie. So the more substance and detail that you can subconsciously give them, the more they're going to feel with your movie. So that's like, that's kind of what you want to go for is the more details you can put in there, subconsciously program people. Yes. It's going to hit them a little bit harder when you come back to that later on. So, yeah. (laughs) When you get a character in mind... How do you develop a character? Is there a certain process that you have when it comes yeah. to character development? Yeah, I think always number one, talk to director and actor because those are going to give you character ideas. They're going to give you um, story progression and whatnot. That should always be the heart of it, right? Then you talk to your actor physical. Like what are your best things? Like that's always the number one and two things you need because yeah. at the end of the day, my stunt double is going to perform a bit of the sequence, yeah. but the money's in the actor. The money's on them on the screen, so you have to rely on their best abilities to get you, you know, to help your action, right? Yeah. So when you're designing a new character, I think having rules is always the best way to design. Yeah. And that's not just rules for character, that's rules for your action and rules for your universe. Um, when we did Avengers and like Captain America stuff, Cap has a rule where he doesn't spend longer than two to three beats on a random guy. Yes. Because in reality, Cap could haymaker a jaw off of anyone. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's the he reality of Three time human strength. Type exactly. Thing, yeah. You can punch a guy's clavicle through his back. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> you know, so you come up one, two beats, it's done. And then the way I like to treat it is like video games, right? Double dragon style. Yes. You got your goons, you got your lieutenants, you got your bosses. Yes. Your goons are two to three hits, lieutenants four to four. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're developing that, now you're developing a journey, right? Now for movement and stuff, like one of the things actually Kevin Feige uh, would do in a meeting, which always hit me and the Russos would do too, is having three words to kind of help anything you do. So like, okay, so Captain America, three words that describe Cap, you know, shield, justice, you know, acrobatics mm. you're tagging words so if you're hitting that in action at least some of that yeah people are going to feel that oh that's cap yeah, right yeah yeah if batman yeah. came in doing 
crazy wushu. Uh, you know, it's like, aha, uh-huh, no. So the guys that did the Batman and the Superman hit it on the head. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, totally, it's the idea totally. of like keeping it in that raw set. Right? Yes. So saying that designing the character from the base, what has helped me in the past is you break it into three things. Yes. Striking, grappling, and rhythm. Okay. It's always a good base, right? Striking, what does the character strike like? Okay, that can be a style. Kickboxing, karate, bikundo, taekwondo. There's your base for striking. So every time a strike is thrown, there is an art style. There's yes, a rule, right? Yes, yes. Next one is grappling. Well, that's close quarters, like extreme close quarters, hands on, I've got a collar. Wrestling, jiu-jitsu, aikido, aiki jiu-jitsu, yeah. you know, all kinds of, um, oh God, oh, I was gonna say, um, pancrashing, like, all yeah, the wrestling yeah, styles, yeah. right? Sanchao, yeah. So Sancho, exactly. Yeah. So there you go. Now you've got two different things that are working for you. Now, the last one is rhythm. Because mm. in fights, you're in choreography, you're always driven by rhythm. So yes. is it that old Shaw Brothers kind of karate, ta-ta-ta-ta <laughs> rhythm? Or are you doing more like kind of hyper half beats? So with that in mind, that will give you a good enough base just to start somewhere. But I think one of the hardest things for a character to really make him sing is it's up to the actor themselves to bring something mm. from the character, right? You can give anyone, anyone Captain America combat, but there's certain things that Chris is going to do. John Wick, you can give anyone yeah. John Wick combat. Totally. But Keanu has those subtle little micro things that he'll do. And I, I just, again, all these little rules, man. But yeah. that's what certainly helps is people when you're building universes and building action is building parts of a universe you have to adhere to rules right if you start breaking rules then the mythos is broken you yes kind of like wait a minute right yes. what's going on here like the character was beating everyone up in three hits and now he's firing laser beams like you know case in, case in point totally so. totally is there been a character that mcu that was your favorite to design action for and i mean that maybe tagged on to kind of earlier when you talked about some of your favorite sequences but of all the ones and all the superheroes that you've designed for, obviously you have some of the most iconic superheroes at your disposal. Mm. Just curious if there was one that was the most fun to design for. Honestly, um, I mean, like Iron Man was always fun. It's so iconic. And then yes. with the power they allowed us to do with more with the suit, yes. like with the nanobots, that was cool because that was really hard, thinking outside the box, really thinking outside the box. But to me, I don't know, man, I... Cap is fun. Bucky, you know, a little bit biased because I, I was Bucky and I designed for him. But honestly, number one to me is Natasha. I was going to say, I was, that's what I was going to say. And maybe just, on the back end of your story yeah, you told earlier. I, I just feel her character for action design is so much more fun. And, and it's, it's just, and it's the way, the way Scarlet plays her as well. Mm. Like, there's always a kind of a gray side to her, you know. Like it's, so to me, again, it's grounded. Like here I have a character that's not, after three or four beats, he's going to do this and we're going to ratchet him yeah. and then VFX is going to do something really epic. Right? Yeah. It's like I, I get to play with Natasha on the ground and there's a human there and the idea of her, you know, not being a super soldier as well. Like her and I would, again, Hawkeye is another one that's really yeah. fun to design for. Totally. They're just human characters. Yes, yes, yes. Um, with Natasha, I, the one thing I really loved about Natasha and it goes back to the very first, you know, time she was in the Black Widow suit. I didn't, it was on Iron Man 2, uh, I think it was JJ, uh, it was jo- uh, Jojo. I mean, Jojo. Yeah, I think Jojo. Yuseb- yeah, John Eusebio so. and the guys did that fight. That established her style for the rest of her arc, and yeah. it's brilliant. The one thing that caught me on that fight, and I remember when not only designing for Natasha on Winter Soldier, Civil War, and her movie, I'd watched that fight in the corridor so many times. Mm-hmm. The one thing I always came back to that I loved the more every time I watched it was her tether, mm. or I call it, it's her web. 
It's a yeah. widow's web. It's a grappling hook. And that the hard thing I think for Widow was when we first started Widow and Winter Soldier, she would always have guns. She was always wielding yeah, yeah, you're pistols, right. right? And we built choreography based on that. And what happened on Winter Soldier was the the Sandy Hook Elementary School. Oh, so you had to massacre happened, and Disney that. had a big thing about guns. So we took all guns. I mean, in the finale of Winter Soldier, originally Cap was going to be fighting with a Colt and a shield. <laughs> it was going to be very kind of John Wick. But once that happened, I think for the better. Yeah, got rid of the guns to do something more fun. So with Natasha, it became like from all the comics when you read it, it was always the guns. Like she, all the poses, everything was with the guns. So giving her the Tomfers was kind of cool, you know. But Tomfers, they're fun. But you know, what more can you do with them? And then the brains at Marvel made them into like electric and kind of whips yes. and axes. And to me, the grappling hook. Yeah, I don't know why it was like a symbol. For me to Natasha, and especially in Endgame, when we did Endgame and her on the wall, the the moment of her firing the grappling hook was one of my favorite moments wow. ever put in because it really meant a lot to me. It was something that I've always wanted to do with her with the grappling hook. It's like such a simple weapon, but it's a lifeline, and it's it's it was like a symbol for her always having this lifeline in her hand, mm -hmm. and she'd used it in every movie a little bit. So at the end, to use it a little bit more, and then on Black Widow, when I got to do the Spider-Man gag, yes. firing it, that to me, again, it's, it's a, a tool that's you know not used often, but it shows how smart she is. It shows how smart she is. And I, I think that's what I love about Natasha. And I think it was, it was most, the most fun I've had, I think, on a Marvel movie was Black Widow, was designed wow. with that team. They were just brilliant. It was really fun. It was great, great time out there in London, but we did more action on Black Widow, I think, than... Than we did on any cat movie really oh it's been a running joke right now man like i've gone from those movies and it's like wow yeah you know did captain america civil war nothing could be as big as that That's, that kicked our asses and then avengers comes along for three years yeah. and punches you in the face for three years and you're like we can do anything after that and black widow comes along and it's like yeah it's not space we're doing this all real. Yes. you're like oh my god <laughs> So it was that, and then and then I went into Grey Man after. It was, yes. cra it was crazy. So, nah, Natasha to me is is someone special, and her story is her story. I think is the most fun of where she came from. Such heartache, and yeah. know, it's it's amazing how a lot of uh, superheroes have like parent issues. <laughs> and for her, it's like with the mother was interesting, but I loved how they played the whole Drake off thing. Yes, her establishing her own family was the idea. And I think that's what a lot of us are trying to do, is trying to find our own tribe. Yes. That's really what it comes down to at the end yeah. of the day, trying to find our own community, trying to find a place to belong. Yeah. And that's what I like. I like the Black Widow movie for that. And again, dealing with uh, Scarlet, always absolutely the best pleasure to work with. Worked for like six movies now. She's just so easy to work with. Great. Yes. Uh, Rachel Wise, was a, that was a trip. Because Rachel was in The Mummy. You know, She's an icon. So she was a sweetheart. Um, yeah, all of them great, man. And the, the performers, the whole stunt team, incredible work. That was a real hard Marvel movie to do. That yeah. was a real hard Marvel movie to do, like stunt-wise. Oh, yeah. And so that was almost a perfect segue of how you dropped the next project that you kind of moved on to after the MCU. Oh, yeah. Not to say that you're done with working with Marvel by yeah. any means, but um, with that being said, you're even rocking the t-shirt right now. And it's kind of yeah. cool because uh, you got involved with some directors that are kind of been there since the beginning of your career as well. So yeah. we can't spill everything, but can you just let people know what the Gray Man is, who's involved in it? And, uh, you know, just from what I know, it's one of the biggest budget movies that yeah. they put out for, you know. Or Netflix, right? Yeah. Um, so I've I've worked with the Russos since Winter Soldier. I've yeah. done all their Marvel run movies with them, their action design. 
Um, so they they hit me up after I finished Black Widow. Um, they were going to Netflix for a movie to do a movie called The Grey Man. Yes. Um, so Netflix's biggest budget ever spent on a on a movie, and it's Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans, yes. and it's a, a it's a crazy high octane spy movie. And okay. we shot it here in Los Angeles, and we did a bit in Europe during the pandemic. It was is the hardest show ever ever had to be a part of. Not just because it's such a high, big budget, high level, but it was just during the pandemic. Yeah. So it was it was difficult to to second unit and coordinate. <laughs> but we great team, great support, and uh, yeah, we got through it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, it's fun. And do you know when that one's slated to come out, or is there any any kind of like preset yeah. date? Is it 2022, 2023? It's coming out this year. I believe it's supposed to be spring for summer wow. this year. And it's, yeah, a good movie. Just a good old-fashioned spy action movie. It has that kind of little bit of a the Mission Impossible Bond kind of like across the world, high octane. It's, just, it's fun. It's a little bit of fun comedy. Like it's The Russo Brothers is a spy movie, man. It's yes. just, yeah, it was... It was Coming from Marvel, and the one thing uh, that I loved about Grey Man was not being on blue screen a lot. Like we oh, shot, we shot in Long location. Beach. Yeah, we shot in Long Beach on these massive stages um, in a almost. They were in an airport hangar. They basically used to build planes on these stages. They built some of the biggest sets I've ever been on. They built incredible scale sets, and wow. so we did a lot of the movie here in LA uh, on those stages and a few locals around here. But then we went to uh, Chantilly in France to shoot for a few weeks and then we went to Prague for a month to shoot and yeah that was the cool thing again with Marvel you'll you'll spend like a lot of time on a sound stage like if you go through my phone and you swipe it goes by screens it's literally <laughs> blue screen blue screen green screen green screen blue screen green screen green so it was nice to be on these beautiful locations and actually be out and about because uh, Looking at blue screen all day is yeah. <laughs> when that, it, oh, I know, bro. <laughs> I went through it just on Jungle Book for a year, and I can't oh, imagine mate, how long you, know, you had to bro. go through it, bro. Oh, man, you've uh, been doing years. Yeah, I mean, the production designers are brilliant. They yeah. do so much for the sets, but yeah, you're around green screen and blue yeah. screen all day. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. It's soul draining. It's yeah. crazy. It's like coal mining. Yeah. You go in, you go sit in this blue hue for like 15 hours, and then you go out and it's dark, and you go home. <laughs> yes, one thousand. <000. laughs> yeah, now gray man. Great. We did it for a year and a half. Damn. Um, yeah. Big movie. Big, it's fun. I think one of the things that you've also been blessed with, and this isn't to take away from obviously what your involvement is in the way that you design action, but um, just from a, a fight coordinator standpoint, myself and a stunt coordinator standpoint, anytime I go into these damn meetings with producers and stuff, people always reference, we want it to be like John Wick. We yeah. want it to be like Atomic Blonde. And I tell them, guys, no matter how much uh, I can do that, one of the key proponents and portions of that is having a cast member that buys into the action and buys into the training. Yes. And I feel like you've been blessed to have some amazing actors that you've worked with over time that oh, have bought yeah. into your system and have bought into the characters. And that's what one thing people don't realize is like, we can do our job to yeah. the fullest. Yeah. And unless you have someone that's willing to put in the work, put in the time and put in the believability of that character, it all falls to shit. It's the, it's the key to action design is... Here's the thing, like if you want to be able to freely design a sequence, I don't want to have to select my shots based on what my actor can and can't do, mm -hmm. right? So if my actor can do a 15 beat, 15 beat sequence, really high level, that's going to give me more value to shoot something cinematic, organic, be more flowy, opposed from cutting it up in three different, four different parts. So it really is the biggest thing. It's, you know, it's all you can ask for is to, yes, if you want to do an action movie like this, we need that 
Keanu and Charlize level commitment. Yes. And I was I was fortunate enough actually, um, right after Black Widow, I was with Danny Hernandez on Old Guard. I helped oh, him yeah. prep the movie. I did previews for him and I got to see Charlize and work with Charlize and she's a savage. And she was coming in every day and doing three hours of judo. There you she go. would leave and her armpits would be raw and bloody from just grabbing geese all day. Mm-hmm. And she was a savage, but it shows. And I think, I think at the end of the day, for any actor, that work is so important because it's, it's not just to make you look good. Mm-hmm. It's to help you perform your character better because at the end of the day, when you're going through a fight sequence, I don't want you to have to think about jab, cross, this hook, that hook. No, that should be kind of already in you, right? Yeah. It should be pre-programmed. I want you to, to think about every one of those punches and how you're performing them. Yes. That's the Jackie level, right? Yeah. You know, instead of being stuck in a pocket, just hitting choreo, you're now reading and reacting to things and you're making more on performance, right? The way I can break that down is... You've got beats like one, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five, right? Yeah. Now add a half step, one and two. Like yeah. Now add a, a, a quarter beat. You're adding beats of acting between each punch. If one and two is the punch, how many beats of acting can you get in there? Mm-hmm. So I don't want you to think about one and two. So I think the more training that you do, the more comfortable you feel with a team doing your action, yes, it flows so much better. Like case in point, I got very lucky with Chris and with Sebastian yes. and with a lot of the Avengers. They can all fight. Chadwick is good at fighting too. I mean, mm-hmm. um, uh, Robert Downey as well. Robert's a Wing Chun fighter. Yeah, so yeah. any little things we do with him, it's, it's easy. Scarlett picks things up like that now. Heidi trained her for so long, like for the last few movies. Scarlett doesn't need to come in for hours a week. She can come in just to learn the choreo and then on the day she's a... F- savage right yeah. so but they put that work in you've got to put that work in um biggest the biggest telltale sign is footwork always always if your footwork's off point your punch is going to look weak or your mm-hmm. defense is going to look weak and in a superhero movie you can't have that yeah you know, it's, it's all about level of detail of performance at the end of the day and the best ones can add more of that you look at keanu you look at studies and simil like what they did for shang chi yes i mean simil had um I know you had a stunt background from being in Canada. Yeah, of course. Canada, but it shows. Look at how great that action is. It, and it yeah. flows. And it's because he just put the time in. That's all you could ask. That's all you could ask. It's so funny because like, it should make so much sense to a lot of these actors from the standpoint that when they get a script, they learn the script and they learn the words so well that then they can make choices and yes. add in their choices. But yes. Some of them just don't apply the same thing to action, which no. is you put in so much time, it becomes muscle memory, so then you can make choices yes, in yeah. your action as well. It's true. It's, I mean, I think that's what, I don't know if that's been lost over time where people think action is just like this separate thing. No, it's character and story. We're trying mm-hmm. to evolve everything for you. Honestly, uh, a fight scene, if you can evolve the character and story in a short amount of time as possible, that's pretty powerful, right? It's pretty yeah. pungent. And again, at the end of the day, you've got to remember, they're not going to have you hold up three hours of screen time to show 17 beats of a really cool cinematic. You know, They're going to cut into some actor's face because that's the money. The money isn't two stunt doubles fighting on a wide. The money isn't one actor fighting a stunt double on an over-the-shoulder shot. The, act, the money is in with two actors face-to-face. So that's what you've got to craft your movie around. Craft it around your actors as well. It's part of the puzzle, right? Yeah. Part of the puzzle. Know what your actors are good at. Know what sequences they're good at. You know, that's always the key. 
I think one of the cool things about you and having you on here, and, and I would be remiss to not bring this up just to inspire current stunt people or future generations of stunt people is I feel like a lot of times people get way too caught up in trying to do all of this flashy stuff. And you and I have had this discussion many a times where like, obviously even you used to take tricking class for fun and stuff like that. But there's one thing that you've always said that I all, that I want people to hear, which is you've made a career without leaving the ground. Yeah. I, I was a fighter. I was a fighter always. And then I started tricking with you guys. Yeah, I covered the basics. I think I went to the CMA tricking class that Dan put on here was fantastic Hold. for my performing, for my for my aerial awareness. Like it actually helped a lot with my performing. So tricking was a great tool to help my fighting. Right when I started doing it and I was putting in the work, you know, I could front tuck, back tuck, Webster, B twist. I was just about working on a cork. Yeah, but I just realized I was like doing all this. I'm like, there's thousands of people looking this better than me. You know, but can you do these beats of the fight and perform them better than me? No, but then it's like, so it was a, it was a really weird place to be in. So yeah, I, I, for me, it's performance. I'm not the guy that's going to go crazy acrobatic and leave the ground because in honesty, that will happen once a show maybe, right? Yeah. Or if yeah, it yeah. happens at all. So again, I think it was me. I was just like wanting to focus more on the performing and the martial arts side of it and just leave that to... To you guys. <laughs> like, but one story, exactly. actually, it was actually a story. I think it was Danny exactly. Graham or Anise told me this, and it actually hit me. Those guys, they're the grandmasters, you know, Danny, yeah. Anise, and Jeremy. They're, they're, they're of a level that you could. Tricking legends. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Grandfathers of the yeah. whole sport right now. I mean, having those guys on a movie is a blessing. They're the, the ultimate performers. They can do everything right. And I remember, I think they said they went out to Wolverine and they were, they were doing a lot of ninja work. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I don't know who told me this story, but it, it hit me and I've seen this in another instance happen. And it was like entrances into a scene, right? You could have Jeremy, Danny and Anise buck out some crazy, insane hard technical move. Like shuriken, you yeah. know, hyper B, double B, whatever. Yeah. And then if they did a back tuck or a cork or a side flip, the director's going to go, that's it. So you can have the, mo the biggest talent in the world, but it's what's right for the movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Case in point, last one here. The Civil War fight, Captain America gets thrown up through a window and he fights four guys in SWAT suits. Mm -hmm. That's myself, Danny, uh, Danny uh, Stevens, Guy De Silva, and Aaron Tony. Yeah, yeah. So Sam is fighting four of the other doubles for the movie. Totally. Right? In those four to five people, you have... Probably about 100 years of martial arts experience. Yeah, yeah. And what's the fight? Forward roll, dick punch, back kick. You know, it's like, yeah. it's, it's simple, but that's the whole idea. What works for the story? So for me, yeah, I, I just, I didn't want to focus on that also because of injuries and, and that kind of thing. But it just, to me, I just saw the idea of, yeah, I can see all of that, but I, I didn't see the need to just to keep ripping that and keep doing it. it was, to me, it was always about performance and character and, you know, go back and watch all these movies and it, you know, it's a cool backflip, but man, when that character did that, and then that—that's what was getting me. So I just didn't, I just didn't pursue it as much. But I used it as a tool to help my fighting. That's for sure. But you don't need to leave the ground. Man. Like you don't need to leave the ground at all. Like you got wires for that, bro. A hundred percent. What do you think is the most? Uh, what do you think is the most advantageous thing for someone to study then, from an outside perspective, as an up-and-coming stunt performer? Is it a certain style of martial arts? Is it a certain Always. aspect of fighting that they should focus on? Refocus that question and ask it like this, ready? If you were to go back in time and do it all over again, what would you do? How would you do it differently? It's a great right? question. I've often thought about this. And for me, like, I've done, 
I, my body is wrecked. My body is, your body is wrecked. Wrecked. <laughs> wrecked. I got PT tomorrow. Right. <laughs> Just cause. <laughs> I got PT on Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> um, you listen to your body and research your body. Cause at the end of the day, the tool for your art is your body, right? A tennis player plays tennis. He wants the best racket available. A martial artist, try and get the best body, the best flexibility available, right? Injury prevention, always try and get on your injury prevention. Now, if I was to go back and do it all over again, martial arts, I, Jeet Kune Do was such a big, big thing for me because it's mixed martial arts. Yeah. Like you, with learning Jeet Kune Do, you learn Jung Fang Gong Fu, you learn Wing Chun, you, do, you learn freaking IQ Jiu Jitsu, you learn a, a mixture of martial arts that then yeah. becomes a curriculum to Jeet Kune Do, which is very MMA based. Yes, yes. So a martial art always is going to be important. Jeet Kune Do, kickboxing, Muay Thai, Taekwondo, though, boxing, those are the martial arts I would do. Having a base is always good. Yeah. Something to build from, right? But it teaches you the discipline as well. It teaches you the attitude as well. I think one of the biggest things that I see is one of my one of my teachers, my Sifu, would always say, like a lot of bullies, uh, big egos carried by small minds. 100%. And I think that's what we see sometimes a lot. This industry has got a lot of ego in it. And I think for a martial artist is to have an open mind. So, um, so movement-wise, that's what I would have done for training. Maybe added some judo or Aiki jiu-jitsu in there. Just kind of covered my bases. For training, everyone is different. And... Like for Winter Soldier, I was 185, 180 pounds. I was lean. I was very cut. Felt great. I got big because I was going to double Pratt for the reshoots of Guardians. Mm -hmm. Luckily, I didn't have to. Just had to coordinate. So problem was Sebastian saw me that big. He wanted to get that big for Winter Soldier. So I went from 185 to 215 to 20. I did both movies like that. So with that comes the working out. Yeah. Olympic lifting. Heavy stuff, heavy stuff, heavy stuff. Now, what I learned was to get that big body looks great, but it's not not practical. Not functional. Not at all. Yeah. So going back in time, I would do yoga for sure. Mm. Do a lot of body weight training, mm-hmm. a lot of body weight training. I would only lift heavy, and I, this is what I do now essentially. I only lift heavy in uh, squats, deadlifts, and bench. Okay. That's it. Everything else is like high intensity in, uh, hit training. Yeah, yeah. And a little bit of powerlifting here and there. But listening to your body, that's what I did. I would do. Going back in time on Civil War, seven weeks of powerlifting and this, my body fell to pieces by the end yeah. of it. Like that, that movie did a lot on my body because of the weight. And with the Civil War sequence, we were fighting in a crazy heat. Yeah. It was in too much weight. So just, again, looking after your body is, is number one. Um, but yeah, I'd say figure out what your body can do. Like for me, powerlifting made me big, but performance-wise, it was difficult. So... Yeah, Pilates, yoga, um, high intensity training, body weight training with a little bit of weights. That's basically what I would do. Treat yourself like a martial artist. Mm. But here's to say though, you get a role and you have to bulk up. You have to bulk up. Yeah. And you're going to spend those miserable days just eating chicken at 11 o'clock at night, just crying with a gallon of water. Going, I don't want to eat anymore. Yo, it's the worst. It's the worst. Part of the job, though. When it, it is. Yeah. And again, take care of your body. Yeah. And like uh, Avengers, I was getting physical therapy every week, every yeah. Saturday, three hours. So it's the biggest thing. It's a, it's a small shelf life you have in this industry if you don't take care of yourself. Yeah. And, you know, it can be 10 years. You know, you never know. Like, uh, again, listen to your body. 100%. Always, always walking injured. Actually, no, is it? We're always walk, working hurt. It's a question yeah. if you're yeah, injured. Yeah. We're always hurt. 
Always hurt. Question if we're injured. And so outside of the stuff that yeah. you've designed yourself, is there anything that you watch for inspiration these days? Absolutely. Come on, bring it. We can talk for hours about yeah. this, baby. Um, yeah. I'll be honest with you. I'm sick and tired of guns. So I just did Grey Man, which is we shot thousands of rounds of ammunition yeah. through streets. Like it was insane. I've had my gun fill. I'm I'm good for the rest of my life now. <laughs> um, I love fantasy. I love anime. I love sci-fi. So to me, where I'm at right now, anime, yeah, Demon Slayer, mm. uh, back on Attack on Titan. I mean, I've caught. I'm nearly caught up fully with One Piece. Um, those are always big inspirations to me. Just great okay. character design, storytelling, good action design. Um, Jujutsu Kaisen was brilliant. If anyone hasn't watched the anime, watch it. Phenomenal action design. Um, movies right now. Let me see. Oh, massive shout out to Rob Inch and his team, my team from Widow, because they went off and did Ridley Scott's The Last Door. Mm. Holy shit. My favorite movie it. of the year. I haven't seen it. It's under the radar because okay. it wasn't comic book Disney. Yeah. Last door, Ridley Scott. This is filmmaking, guy. This is real epic cinematic, cinematic filmmaking, and it's a, it's a true story actually about a duel between two law, uh, two lords. Who are one accused the other of raping his wife. Oh, and the whole the story about it, the way they do it through acts and different uh, different uh, the different characters telling the story that leads into the final fight. Ah, oh, so good, so good. But I'm a, I'm a big fan of Sword and Shield, man. You yeah. Give me that all day, lightsabers. Give me that all day. So, <laughs> um, and then books wise, I mean, I'm a big fan of uh, all the Driss Stewart in the series. One of my main goals is to eventually do the Forgotten Realms. Oh wow! I want to do Forgotten Realms, the Driss Stewart and saga. I want to do that so bad. The action in it is phenomenal. The story, the whole world that R.A. Salvatore beat, did is brilliant. Um, Getting through Mistborn, I'd love to do that one day. Mistborn wow. is a sick series, has one of the best um, best rule set ideas for fighting that I've ever seen in a fantasy series. Okay. Yeah, it's bananas. And I can see how you design it, and I, I, I know I want to do it so bad. So nice. in that, and then uh, I'm actually just finishing again for the third time, Star Wars. Okay. Um, I, I'm a big Star Wars fan, big Star Wars fan but I really don't like any of the new stuff. Like Mandalorian was really well done. Book of Boba Fett has been doing well. Okay. okay. I think it's climbing to something big. It's good. Um, but to me, like the story of all of this stuff right now, I'm just not interested. Yes. So for me, I'm always a fan of the older stuff and I'm always like thinking about how you can affect things and how you can kind of put a twist on things. And to me, it's like someone, I want to do this so bad. I want to do the, the rule of two. Um, mm. Did a book series that before Disney took over Star Wars was considered canon, and it still fits today. And it's basically Darth Bane in the Rule of Two, mm. best Star Wars books, the best story. It's the story of um, why there's only two Sith, basically because one guy made it so, okay. killed every other one of them, and made it so there's only one apprentice. So the story in this three books, I would love to do three series, three three uh, seasons of that because it it ends with the mantle being passed. Phenomenal. You get to see it from the Sith side. And one of the things that gets me in the book is that there's a scene where they're talking over poker and this young kid will make you believe in the dark side more than the light based on they're both corrupt. They're both each worse than their own, which is why it fits in the Star Wars universe with Anakin being a balance. Bane was the first balance. He was the one that recorrected the too much Jedi. Boom. Right? So I think it would be cool to go back and do something like that not based on the, hey, we're Jedi. Ooh. Yes, yes. I don't know, just just my brain. But yeah, fantasy stuff. For TV though, oh man, everyone watched Foundation on Apple Plus. Okay. 
really good show. Um, it's different writing. It's, it's the story of an idea, essentially how an idea can affect a whole galaxy. It's you know, very futuristic, galaxy ruled by a bit of an oppressive emperor who's clones, and it's about an idea that the series takes place over almost like... I want to say almost like 400 years. Yeah. It's just good stuff. So that was good. Invasion was good. Um, Witcher. I'm still working my way through The Witcher. Yes, yes. Great work on The Witcher, man. That second season is fire. Um, yeah, Cobra Kai. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, Cobra Kai. <laughs> Hell yeah, Cobra Dude, I love Cobra Kai, Dude, bro. I love Cobra Kai, I love Kai, it, man. bro. I just, I love what the writers have done where they Same. just lean into the absurdness. It's amazing. Because it's all about being the... Master of the West Valley. I, I love it, dude. <laughs> and we I, live in the valley. It's so good. I love the shout outs, the homage, and I love the high school drama. It's, it's, it's genius, uh, man. It's genius. genius. I'll tell you this as well. I know it's a big level up in the, the cast as well. The fighting this year was really like, fuck, man. They've done they so put well. In some with, time. They've done so well with all the fighting this yeah. year with the whole valley tournament. Yeah. There's some really good stuff, There man. was some the decent fighting. Yeah. They're, they're getting into it, man. It's uh, great. I was thinking the same thing. Like they so did good. a lot more of their fights. Yeah. It was impressive. That was really good. And you know, you know, working in this, they probably had no time to do it as well. Yeah. That's the way it works. As you know. You teach them a day before. Or, hey, yeah. we shoot this scene this afternoon. Do it in between the acting scenes. Yeah. Okay. Props to them for putting putting in the time. Oh yeah, that's where you'll make your money as a fight coordinator. Yeah. Seriously, like when things change and story new things come up and then schedules get shifted around and then all of a sudden the fight that you've designed and actor doesn't know any of it and you're literally teaching it to them two hours before you shoot scene, like yeah. you go get it going with it, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, it's just a performance. So Hell yes. But that's where you make the money. A hundred percent. And so real quick, man, yeah. obviously I didn't want to go over your history and past because people can go back to your first jam cast appearance to listen about that and everything that um, it took for you to get into this industry. Yeah. And so I just want to know and just ask this now, if it's changed over the last three years, um, if you were a kid like yourself back in the days, just trying to desperately break into this industry in any way possible, and you had a lot of closed doors for yourself, uh, what advice would you give to someone as far as uh, trying to break into this industry, trying to make a name for themselves? And uh, if at all, anything that you've learned even in the past three years since we last asked you this question yeah. that would affect the course of your life or potentially you know, shape the journey of someone else's life right now? Hey, it's a good question, man. I mean, I still don't believe any of um, I'll be honest. It's a dream. What the fuck is that? <laughs> it is a dream. I mean, like, I fell into this career in a funny sense. Like, to me, it was it was interesting. Is like always wanting to work in movies, but I never knew it. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to like f- like feel this out because for me, I didn't have a lot of opportunities, so I was kind of guided into martial arts, mm-hmm. and through that, I met people got me into the film and I think one thing I always was about was always trying to find a place to belong find a group of people that you can grow with that is always very important yes. and I'm always very grateful to everyone I've grown up with yeah. like not just from jam but thousand pounds totally, like totally everyone there's always a part of your journey um being a good person right it, it sound it's easy but a lot of people find that hard I find out 100%. Um, so being humble, being a good person, putting yourself out there. I mean, this industry, it's very, it's very scary. And I think you just got to literally believe in yourself. Know that everyone else is putting themselves out there. What else you got to lose? Right? Yeah, yeah. I think you have to kind of remove your own self from this in a way. Just keep pushing forward. 
social media wasn't around as much when I was younger. So that is a tool right now is brilliant. Totally, like brilliant totally. Young guns. Cause I'll, I'll admit this and like when I'm building out cast for a show, I've got all my books and I've got all my headshots to match people with and whatnot. If I find someone I'm, I'm like, okay, can match the actor. I'll send him a fight to do as a rehearsal, send it to me. You know, there's a whole process we go through, but I think Oh man, it's a tough one, dude. Like I'm just I think with you just gotta keep pushing forward and find a crew to grow to grow with. Don't isolate yourself. Because I think that's what can happen with social media as well. Mm -hmm. Is that you're viewing it. Remember, Instagram is not a real place. But what we do is I do look on Instagram. Like if I find someone, hey, this person's really good. She, uh, they are the same height as, great. I will pull up your Instagram. Yep. I will go on your Instagram and I'll look at training videos and I will look at fights. So it, is, it will happen. And I think younger coordinators are doing that. Older coordinators, not as much. 100%. Right? We're more, I think, in tune with the technology. Mm -hmm. 10 more years, I'm not, not going to know what the hell's going on with technology. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, remember, Instagram is not a real place. Like, but it's going to be used a lot for, especially I'll use it, YouTube reels, like all that kind of stuff. It is an avenue for us to see um, your talents and, and uh, your skill set. So that's always an, an interesting thing with social media. And then consistency as well. Like for three years, I mean, down here every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, mm -hmm. Saturday, training three hours, consistency. Um, it doesn't stop when you finish here. You know, for me, it was always different kinds of training. Yeah. For me, it was the physical and technical training down. Uh, it was the technical training for jam. Yeah. And then I'd use 24 hour fitness with, you know, physical or go yeah. down the park and run and do my physical stuff. And then I'd have my own mental training. Yes. Mental training, which is literally watching a movie. Yeah. But I learned, I learned from actually, I learned from Sam Hargrave something very important early on. And I think a lot of people need to do this if you're getting into action design, because this can be a big trap. When you watch a movie, you have to watch it with two brains. You have to watch it with two brains. Don't go into a movie watching it as a fight coordinator, an action designer, or someone that's a part of film. Yeah. Watch it as a kid. Yeah. Watch it like the first time you see in the movie. For entertainment value. Yeah. Now, the second time, off. do what you got to do. Yeah, yeah. Right? Break down stuff. that you Because what's going to happen is you're going to start ruining movies for yourself. 100%. And that happened to me when I that's first started. That's why I don't watch them either. Yeah. I was like just watching stuff. Was, but then Sam was like, bro, dude, no. Watch it like you're a seven-year-old kid. And since that moment, that was actually like right after Winter Soldier, I've, I, I, I'm, I'm someone that can watch anything and just have a big stupid grin on my face. Like I just love watching entertainment. So learn, yeah. you know, learn that, yeah, take your ego out of it, man, like with that. Um, but yeah, people, man, I, w I wouldn't be where I am today without you, AT, Without this place, without Chris and yeah. Thousand Pounds crew, like again, we all grew together, and that's the thing. Like, look at us; we all grew together. You mm -hmm. can't do it by yourself. At the end of the day, as well, remember this: when you're on a team, guess what? That's a team. So, don't be an asshole. Like yes. you know, <laughs> one one of uh, our mentors, one of the first things he always said to me is, "You got to find the itchy asshole on set." Yes, because always on set, there's someone that's going to be itching you. Yep. But luckily, I've been very lucky with that. But there's always someone, you know. But you're there to be a part of a tribe, a part of a crew to grow together. And at the end of the day, we're in this for safety. We're in this to look after each other. Yeah. So there, you know, yes, there's competitiveness for places and for roles, but you're on the same team, you, you know, play nice, do it safe. Safety is the utmost mm -hmm. important.
importance at the end of the day. And don't push people down as well. People grow at different speeds. People grow in different areas. That's why I, I don't like seeing that either. Yep. Right? People grow at different speeds. You've got to remember that. So, yeah, just be open to everything. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. If I'm always trying to think, like, back when we were younger, having the access to social media that I had now, I mean... I used it for YouTube. Like YouTube totally. was my avenue because I got noticed through doing a thousand pound stuff with Chris and the guy. So like, yeah, with social media today, like TikTok and whatnot, like you see some, I see some great stuff from all the people, all the young guys and girls putting out some really great content. The one thing I see though, it's all the same. Yeah. I, that's what we kind of mentioned about earlier. Here's a I, fight in the park. Great. I, I, I don't feel any story. I don't feel any moments. I don't you know, feel any characters. Yeah, exactly. You know, one of my favorite fight uh, techniques to do, I actually started doing this on Black Widow. Um, Teaching a fight to someone, right? Here's four basic moves. Jab, cross. My, my, everyone, <laughs> a lot of people that work with me know my basic yeah. tester series. Jab, cross, uppercut, cross, hook, yep. right? So you've got a few beats there. Jab, cross, uppercut, cross, hook, right? Coming against that, you've got a defensive pattern, like block, block, check, you know, check the block, slip back. You can repeat that so many times, yep. easy. You can perform that sequence an infinite number of ways, and yes. that is the challenge. So... On defense, now you perform it like Jackie. Mm -hmm. Now you perform it like Neo. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the funniest things I like to do is give someone a five to 10 beat sequence and go, okay, you're a zombie and you're a drunk, uh, drunk soccer player. Fight's the same. Yeah. How do you interpret that into a performance now? Yeah. Beats are beats. Performance is what makes beats into something. So that jab in the cross can be a lunge. It can be a, you know, so there's always, Again, more character and story. So challenge yourself. When I see fights and I see two people doing martial arts, great. That's 99% of the community. Yeah. If I saw a fight and there was a martial artist fighting someone that shit had taken a quaalude and their body's half rubber. Yeah. That is exciting. You know, like it's, it's super fun. Like shit, give me, a, give me a fight with some fun. Like it's the idea I'm looking for. Yeah, like yeah, performances, yeah. there's hundreds and thousands of you out there. Like honestly- the, the like what's new is like what can you craft from that small piece of action that's kind of like oh <laughs> funky yeah like, what's different you know try and break the norms like people say think outside the box why the fuck is there a box to begin with totally. right? why so that's what i want to see more of like i do check out a lot of the stuff that's online for people and you know see where, how the talent's growing but i want to see more creativity man i want to see and i do see some i do see some really good stuff man of so but yeah like it's about affecting people. That yes. character story, character story, it's part of action. Remember this, right? You, one of the biggest tests that I like to put to people that design a sequence, okay? Take your previous, you just shot, that sequence you just shot. Now I want you to write it. Mm. Turn what you just shot into a script that will go into a movie. And if it reads character A, jab, cross, runs, hooks, backflip, dodges that. Oh, he left his left side open because his right side, no, fuck off. That is yeah. not good action design. No. That's a boxing match. That's, yeah, that's yeah. a UFC match. I can go watch that, right? How do you go beyond that is, all, is the challenge, right? So that's a good tool. And I usually do that with my scenes is I'll take a scene and I'll actually rewrite it out in the script form. Because at the end of the day, what's going to make it onto that page is only the relevant information. It's not going to be jabs and crosses. What's the narrative? What's the narrative? Yeah. Character A viciously attacks, you know, stalks. There's, there's, there's words there. There's vocabulary that explains different feelings in action. I think more vocabulary is what we need in action right now. And shit, I 
I'm a part of it, dude, doing the Marvel stuff for 10, 12 years now. It's the same, you know, we developed a style now that is being kind of the same, the same, same, same. But I think it's like now I want to, I want, I want to see some fun difference. Yeah. I want to see some fun difference. Right? Shang-Chi was awesome for the yes, breath of fresh yes. air with what it was. So, but for all you like young kids out there, go back and watch stuff as well, man. Like the night I just went on a 1990s cinema kick again. Like I, I grew up from the eighties. So I grew up watching everything from late eighties to nineties. And mm-hmm. I tell you, like, with an action design brain going back and watching some of those sequences that I grew up with, it's really telling to why they stand out yep. and why they're so good. Like, you know, a lot of the stuff from True Lies. Mm-hmm. One of my favorites, like the bar from fighting True Lies is still the best bar from fight. 100%. Ever done. Shout out to Mission Impossible. It's brilliant bar, but yeah. True Lies, so good. Then you have one of my favorite fight scenes in it is where Jamie Lee Curtis drops an Uzi down the stairs. That's an action scene. So not everything has to be a fight. Totally. You know, they could have walked into that and been like, yeah, Arnold's going to beat these three guys up. She's going to be in cover. No, that one moment makes that scene. So I think that's the challenge is to find that gold. Find the gold where you can tell that story. And so, like, go back, watch, you know, Die Hard, all those movies. Yes, bro. Willow. Those are some of my favorites. Willow is the movie that got me into fight choreography. Literally, the move at the end that Val Kilmer does against the Commander Scroll, mm-hmm. the dumbest move in the world, but it was so cool to me when I was like six years old, seven years old. He just basically reverses his dagger, does a reverse yeah. block, spins and stabs him. Yeah. I was like, yes! <laughs> that, that movie, to this day, Willow, again, there's magic I think we've lost. Yeah, yeah. Since 2000 has come along with movies. I don't know what it is, but you go back and watch it. It might be just I'm an old fart and I'm nostalgic, but you go back and... I think, magic. I think we're desensitized and we're missing those moments. You know what? It could be absolutely true, mate. Yeah. I mean, working on these movies, you do get absolutely desensitized. Yeah. It becomes, is a, I don't know if I said this in the last interview, but George Lucas always would say, a movie is never finished, it's abandoned. Mm. It's true, man. There's always more you want Can to do. Always improve it. Oh, yeah, always yeah. improve it, right? And then never there's been always stuff on the cutting room floor, right? Yeah. It's, that's the hardest part about these movies. Like you do all these movies, People ask me what I remember about these Marvel movies. I remember some of the best times of my life. But I also remember some of these fight scenes, some of them, some epic pieces that were left on the floor that, you know, in my, my ego, fully believes that would have made it better. But guess what? My movie's not the ego. Yeah, yeah. It's not my, not my call. Happy to serve what the movie needed. So it's, again, it's, you're right. Maybe desensitized because we're working with it so much. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's a crazy industry. It's, Forever growing, and that's what you guys have got to realize. Like, at the end of the day, you got one of these cell phones. Congratulations! Watch, I'm a director. I know. Look at that. The only difference is now is I'm giving you a raise. It really is. It's a James Cameron quote. It's right there. Like, that's yeah. the only difference. So you have the content in your hand. I think for a lot of people, you've got to be more of your own producer. You really do, especially with again this social media. Holy crap! Hundred percent. Instagram and TikTok. You can be your own producer now, and that's going to get you noticed. That's mm-hmm. really going to mm-hmm. get you noticed. And again, the industry right now is in a very cool place because streaming is really pumping. Like, not only do you have Marvel Studios running, Disney Studios running, Universal Fox, you now got Apple Plus, Amazon Prime, Netflix, nice. Hulu. There's so much content now being pumped out that there's going to be there's going to be chances everywhere. So mm-hmm. everyone's just got to keep 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 going. Just keep going. And be ready. Be ready. Just be ready. But again. Keep training, find a group to grow with. And there's always problems with that too, for sure. 
but growing with people again when you're fighting guess what fighting needs two people partner. man he's <laughs> a partner bro so like i wouldn't have got where i got fighting without you without nick bensman without yeah. aaron tony without sam hargrave without uh, brendan here like i would never and gee like i would have yeah. never gotten here without that and so it's again we are a community and it's it's a very interesting community because it's an ego-ridden industry of course but i think keep that martial artist attitude Keep that martial artist attitude. And remember, if you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. That's yeah. true. That's from Tommy. Yeah. Our mentor, Tom Harper, always yeah. would say, if you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. And that, to this day, still rings true on everything I think we've both done. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And so, obviously, you got a lot of stuff in the pipeline that yeah. we can't divulge and talk about right now. So, I'm going to end this with the question we always ask. And maybe inherently, it'll tie some in, but also just curious to see what's changed since the last time. So, now, James, uh. where do you see yourself five years from now? Yeah. And where do you see yourself 10 years from now? in 10 years man um i'm at a very cool crossroads like i really am and it's a very good place to be um where i want to be is i do enjoy coordinating and second year directing i really do and there's few there's things i want to second year direct and i will i will second year direct them and i'll be happy with that i want to direct my own things mm -hmm. and i will I'll direct my own things. There's probably like two or three of my own movie projects that I want to do. Other than that, though, I want to be a part of just a great loving people, man. Like, honestly, like what is developed at Marvel, working with beautiful crews there and with the Russos, is I've been very fortunate to work like that. Mm -hmm. I want to keep that going. The end goal would be to own my own studio. Mm -hmm. Honestly, straight up. Let's do it. Come on. Me and Let's you. go. Yeah. Literally, I have so many talented friends. You have so many talented friends. We're yeah. so connected. We see all this talent around us. And I think that's what my career is about, is about doing what I can now because I want to be able to have my own avenue, my own studio to run three or four, five, six different projects at a time. You coordinate, you direct, you do that. Because there's so much great material out there as well that has been untapped. And yeah. I think, again, just building that community and, that's that's what I want to do. I want to kind of like creative produce is where I think my mm -hmm. my brain is at. Like, yeah, I can second direct action, do the action. I've been doing it for twelve years now, but I think going forward, if I could creative produce like three movies a year, that would be that would be the the goal. Wow. I know I can do it, but I do want to direct my I want to direct my Star Wars series. Yes, and uh, there's a a western series that I've written. I want to direct. Yep. There's a sci-fi movie that I've written that I want to direct. Okay, so I'll be I've been developing those for like ten years now. So we'll see. We'll see, man. But that's basically it. But most of all, dude, I just want to be happy and healthy. Yeah. Shit, man. This world is so crazy with with COVID and whatnot and all the uncertainties. Just surround yourself with good people. Yeah, man. I just want cool shit with cool people. That's all I want to do. Yeah, I know. It's funny. I was talking to Chris Cowan. We talk a lot. And it it's always comes down to that. And Chris and I's careers have been very funny. Like, we started in Thousand Pounds together. I kind of got in with a few movies and then Marvel and then Chris got in with like DC and then Brad Allen yeah. and Kingsman. Mickey and Brad as yeah. well, like Mickey and uh, Brendan as well. Like, boom, we just, we were always on separate hemispheres from each other, but always in contact. And we would always talk to each other all the time on the movies we were doing and it was always coming back to the same process, same thought. We just want to do shit together again. Yeah. We just like the days that we spent and it's true, you guys now that are training, remember this shit. The days that you spend now, you're going to remember more so than working on movies older. Like, I'm telling you right now, the best times I've had are in Balboa Park, shooting with the Thousand Pounds crew. All those like, yeah. guys and girls. That was 
that was free, creative, just good group of people. So that's I want that again. I want to be able to make movies with really cool, open people. But yeah, the training right now you do, these relationships, they will carry you through for a long time. I mean, I never would have thought it. I've never had a family outside of my, my roof that's like this. Yeah, yeah. To know that even though like I'm out of town a lot, I can come back and it's like, boom, hey, what's up? And everyone's just so friendly and cordial. It's just, that's the most important thing. The, it's like a support base. Totally. So, yeah, don't burn bridges. Oh, yeah. yeah man. man, crazy to catch up after all this time. Can't believe it's been three years since we did one of these officially. Yeah, three years, but yeah. I've aged like 30. <laughs> Bro, tell me about it. Um, but, man, I really appreciate the time, the Thanks, insight, man. the knowledge, and the friendship more than anything. Yeah, and. Like we said, we go apart for these years at a time and come back and we still shoot the shit. And yeah, it's like, yo, know, man, everything is the same from a lot of ways. So It is, man. Yeah. It is. It's just about growth. Yeah. We all want to grow together and that's together is, is the key. Yeah. And again, you and I wouldn't have got where we got without this community, yeah. without everyone that's here. And, you know, there's trials and tribulations around, but you all come together and get through it. It's just the important thing. It's a scary world out there. Yeah. Especially in this movie industry. Like, you know. But it's the same at the top as it is when you do movies in the park. It's just more money's involved. Yeah, 100%. It's true. It's so true. It's the same stuff. It's 100%. just more money's involved, man. You just got to climb that ladder to get that bow. <laughs> we still climbing. <laughs> climbing and falling, uh, climbing and falling. We're dude. still climbing. Uh, well, yo, man, uh, before we get out of here, can you just let people know where they can continue to follow you and stay up to date with your journey? Yeah, of course. I'm trying to get better with social media. I'm trying to get better with social media. I'm so bad with it. But I'm on Instagram at JYOU10. Um, I'm hopefully going to be trying to do a seminar down here with Travis soon uh, before I head out for work. So be look out for that. And yeah, I'll be posting a lot more. I'm going to definitely make this year a year to up my social media for people because I know everyone loves this action design stuff and I'm in a good position for that. Yes. <laughs> Might as well. It, I guess. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Yo, with that guy, being said, guys, please be sure to hit that like button, comment, subscribe for brand new episodes each and every week. Join us every Monday for Jam Breakdowns and every Friday for a brand new Jamcast, interviewing influential members of the movement community, like Mr. James Young himself. So that being said, guys, got to give one more quick shout out. Thanks for coming through, brother. I really appreciate it. Dude, thank you so much. We'll do it again soon, hopefully. Hopefully sooner in three years. <laughs> and as always, guys, coming at you, coming through, I'm your host, Travis Wong. Thanks for joining us here on another Jamcast. Until next time, we'll see you all soon. Peace out. Peace. <laughs>